Morning everybody, I hope you're all doing super well and welcome to our continuing series on Nehemiah and I'm looking at uh, chapter 9 and verse 15 onwards and, and really there's just some key principles for us in here as always uh, to explore and hopefully and our prayer is isn't it that as we open God's word as his Holy Spirit breathes through the words he's given us so this timeless book speaks to us today. And that's a remarkable thing about the Bible, isn't it? That these stories that were written many, many years ago, thousands of years ago, still resonate with us now, can speak right into our situation now in, the, in a unique time of a pandemic. The words that were written all those years ago, inspired by God's Spirit, can speak to us now. And they reveal to us, particularly in this passage, some incredible truths about the nature of God. About his love for us, his faithfulness. And, and to be fair, they reveal to us a lot about the human condition as well. So let's look at this. This is um, Nehemiah chapter 9, uh, verse 15. And as ever, we, we know there'll be people watching this from uh, outside of Redeemer King. But as a preacher, uh, nationally and locally, when I'm speaking on a Sunday, I'm uh, at Redeemer King, I'm thinking of the guys in Redeemer King, our church family. What's God saying to us? Now, I believe there'll be those listening in who God will be speaking to outside our church family. But I'm, I want you to know in RK that though we dash around the place, those of us who preach, particularly myself and Andy, um, you're our church family. And we believe that God's got something to say to us in Chesterfield at this time but i also feel he's speaking to people outside of our context immediately because god is drawing people to what we're doing here i'm involved in several conversations at the moment with people that god is drawing to chesterfield and that's quite astonishing <laughs> just as god Drew myself and Karen here a decade ago, maybe longer now. So we believe he's also calling other people to our town at this time. And that will come out as we're speaking. But I just want you to know, Redeemer King, I'm speaking to you today. But there may be people listening who are feeling a call to come and join in with what God's doing here. Here we go. This is uh, Nehemiah chapter 9. We'll start at verse 13. You came down at Mount Sinai and spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and instructions that were just and decrees and commands that were good. You instructed them concerning your holy Sabbath and you commanded them through Moses your servant to obey all your commands, decrees and instructions. You gave them their bread from heaven when they were hungry and water from the rock when they were thirsty. You commanded them to go 
and take possession of the land you had sworn to give them. Now, this prayer that's being said, and Andy looked at this in the previous week, and Steve started to introduce his prayer. Um, often what you'll find in the Old Testament is they rehearse the stories of the past. They didn't have the proliferation of books that we have now. <laughs> Not anyone to have a, you know, um, these stories written down. So there's an old tradition. So in this prayer and throughout the Old Testament, you'll see the recounting of stories of things that God did. And that's no bad thing for us to do as well. To keep reminding ourselves of the faithfulness of God through all the ups and downs. But that's what's happening here. And then it says this, verse 16. But our ancestors were proud and stubborn. And they paid no attention to your commands. They refused to obey and did not remember the miracles you had done for them. Instead, they became stubborn and appointed a leader to take them back to their slavery in Egypt. But you, our oh God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry and rich in unfailing love. You did not abandon them even when they made an idol shaped like a calf and said, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt. They committed terrible blasphemies. But in your great mercy, you didn't abandon them to die in the wilderness. The pillar of clouds still led them forward by day and the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. You sent your good spirit to instruct them and you did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. For 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Then you helped our ancestors conquer kingdoms and nations and you placed your people in every corner of the land. They took over the land of the king Sihon of Heshbon and the land of King Og of Bashan. You made their descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and brought them into the land you had promised to their ancestors. They went in and took possession of the land. You subdued whole nations before them, even the Canaanites who inhabit the land were powerless. Your people could deal with these nations and their kings as they pleased. Our ancestors captured fortified cities and fertile land. They took over houses full of good things with cisterns already dug and vineyards and olive groves and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate until they were full and grew fat and enjoyed themselves in all the blessings. But despite all this, they were rebellious and rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your law. They killed your prophets who warned them to return to you. They committed terrible blasphemies. So you handed them over to their enemies who made them suffer. But in their time of trouble, they cried to you and you heard them from heaven. In your great mercy, you sent them liberators and rescued them from their enemies. But as soon as they were at peace, your people again committed evil in your sight and once more you let their enemies conquer them. Yet whenever your people turned and cried to you for help, you listened once more from heaven. In your wonderful mercy, you rescued them many times. 
You warned them to return to your law, but they became proud and obstinate and disobeyed your commands. They didn't follow your regulations by which people will find life if only they obey. They stubbornly turned their backs on you and refused to listen. In your love, you were patient with them for many years. You sent your spirit who warned them through the prophets, but still they wouldn't listen. So once again, you allowed the peoples of the land to conquer them. But in your great mercy, you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. What a gracious and merciful God you are. There is so much I could say about this. But maybe we could sum it up like this. Our God is gracious and kind. He's not some ogre in the skies, not an absent headmaster. He supplies our needs, he hears our cry when we call out to him. Life is a roller coaster ride, isn't it? And and there's seasons in this life, many of them actually of our own making. In my years of following Jesus now, 30 years, there are times when I've walked close. And there are times when I've strayed off the narrow path of Matthew 7. I think I've got myself to a point now where as I head off, I can feel... God's presence lifting off me and and yet even when that happens there's something in our human nature that can keep us on a dark path why because just as it says in verse 17 we can be so stubborn and arrogant we think we know best Particularly in our culture now, we, we feel there's shortcuts to blessing. What well, is not? There's so much advice out there and so many voices in our heads. You only need to turn on social media and there's a million different opinions and strong voices. Do this, go that way, shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. Let me say, the key to living a peace-filled life is to live humbly and serve your God. Keep yourself in the Word. Keep yourself in His presence. Stop thinking you know best. You don't. We are all broken vessels. We all have our fragility. The secret to walking a life of peace and blessing is to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night to listen out for the still small voice of God and stop thinking you know best
Here's the truth of God. He is sustaining your life moment by moment, nanosecond by nanosecond. Every breath you take right now, this moment of existence you are in right now is a precious gift of God. He is the one who sustains us with life. He is the one who gives us manna from heaven, water to drink. And spiritually too, as Jesus said, that he is the bread of life and whoever partakes of him will never hunger or thirst again. But actually it's true physically. It's why it tells us in Matthew 6 not to worry. I know many of you are worried about the future right now. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, our lives are in God's hands. 100%. And if you have put your faith, hope, life and trust in Jesus Christ and you keep your feet on the rock, you need not worry. Don't dash around trying to come up with your own solutions. Rest in his grace and in his presence, knowing that he is sustaining your life moment by moment, nanosecond by nanosecond. Look to heaven. Look to Jesus. Keep yourself in a place of peace. This is the amazing thing about the Lord. Even when we've gone our own way, and I know that some of you now are going to be listening to this thinking, oh, I got myself into this hole, I'm in that mess. In whatever, in whatever situation you find yourself in, you know, maybe there's an issue with gambling out there, maybe there's an issue with alcohol, maybe other addictions, maybe there's conflict in your family, some of which is self-inflicted because it so often is. Do you know what the Bible tells me here? God will not abandon you. Humble yourself and cry out to him. What we learn from this is that every time the people cried out to God, God rescued them. He poured out his blessing and he brought them back time after time after time after time just kept blessing them but there's this thing isn't there about human nature that even when we know that God's blessed us we still have this tendency to go our own way and then we cry out to God when we get in a mess and God brings us back and rescues us again if you are listening to this talk today and you have found yourself in the same hole many times you can actually still find grace from God and call out to him and he will rescue you because that's what this is tendency is like. That is his nature. He sustains our life moment by moment, moment by moment and he loves you and he wants the best for you. He sent his son to die for you and all you need to do is turn to him and he will bring you back to a good place. There may be a journey that you need to go on, but he will bring you back to a good place. And even if you then mess up again, he'll bring you back to a good place. But that is not an excuse for messing up again. In fact, what I've found is in life, the more I mess up, the more he lets me fall even more spectacularly. 
and the more I realise his grace. And then for some reason, the less I want to mess up because I realise just how much he loves me. But, but what he doesn't do is put us on the shelf. He doesn't write us off. He might take his hand off us. Sometimes he'll take his hand off us so we know just how much we need him. But that is not abandoning us. Sometimes God will let us fall. So we realise our need and turn to him and then God will graciously pick us up. And we know that's true because here they even committed terrible blasphemies. As soon as they were blessed, they turned against God and still in his mercy, he rescued them. How amazing is God? So here's the thing for us. If you're listening to this talk and you're in a hole, well, there's people available to pray with you after, but you can turn to your God. You can look to heaven, call out to God, and he'll sort you out. You'll, you may have to confront some stuff, but he will help you. Because that's his nature. His nature is restoration. His nature is relationship. He desperately wants relationship with you. It doesn't matter what's happened. He's the God of, seemingly of a thousand second chances. That's why our church practices this. And here's the thing. When someone has badly grieved you, or there is conflict in your family, we pursue the same nature that God demonstrates here. Yes, there may be boundaries and things we have to work through, but we are the people who forgive a thousand, thousand times. That's what we do. We welcome people back, just as God welcomes us back. The same grace and mercy that we have shown, we show to others. Because that's what we do. There are many people in our town who need to know there is a God who loves them, who sent his son Jesus Christ to die for them. And no matter how many times they mess up, he'll sort them out and restore them. We are the church of redemption. We are Redeemer King Church. And we are still on mission. In fact, our mission has grown and increased during lockdown. The mission starts with us. As we as we journey on together, make sure you are in a sweet spot with Jesus. If there's stuff going on in your life, turn to God. If you feel like the wheels are coming off, turn to God. If you need guidance, look to heaven. Ignore the clamouring voices of strong opinion, worldly and fleshy and angry. Get yourself to a place of peace with Jesus Christ. And then hold yourself there. And how do we hold ourselves there? We keep in this. We continue our lifestyle of worship and prayer. You get yourself into a into a place of good relationship with your father in heaven 
you dwell on his mercy and grace. You remember the good things he has done, the times he has shown you provision, the, the times he bailed you out. Do you know what? In preparing for this, I, I, was, I was up very early one morning and um, five-ish. And I was sitting on my sofa and I read the passage through. I started thinking of the many, many times my Father in Heaven has bailed me out, even after periods of time when I've messed up. It's just what he's like. That's why he sent Jesus. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, look to God. Turn to Jesus. Don't listen to all those chattering voices. Look to God. Cry out to him. Ask him for his peace. Thank him. Thank him for his grace. Look back on the times when he's bailed you out. Even if you are someone in our church, now many of you have just come to Christ, look back at those times when there seemed to be an intervention, where things did work out after all, even the fact that he's brought you to this place, and thank him. Truth is, if you're in Christ, you're in relationship with Jesus, he's been looking over you for a very long time. The Bible says, that he knit you together in your mother's womb the Lord God has been watching over you so you keep looking to him God bless you all if you need prayer that's available but God bless you all keep looking up keep journeying on keep remembering the mercies of God don't be stubborn arrogant and proud don't think you know best you don't keep yourself in a word keep worshipping keep praying Keep yourself in good relationship with other Christians. It help keep you on a narrow path. And then as much as we have been shown mercy, show mercy and grace to others. God bless you.